West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 28th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Carmel Ryan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon, as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners. It's Wednesday evening again, and a lovely, pleasant evening it is indeed. And Tom Ryan has just entered the building a little earlier than usual. And my thanks to Shelley O'Regan last week for sitting in while I was in a, on a far distant land on a business trip. And I'm back, my, I'm half back anyway, I'm not, my head isn't fully back yet. So I'll talk as little as I can tonight and let those three nice wise people sitting in front of me, there being Jerome Scanlon, a former party politician and now an independent county councillor. Some might say he saw the light eventually. And Carmel Ryan, a former GA activist, and she also saw the light, I think. And as for that matter, Tom Ryan saw it a long time ago. He also saw the light, <laughs> being another GA activist in his day, as I was myself, and I fall into the same category as Carmel and Tom in that manner. I had a phone call on Sunday night after returning from England, a uh, very, very nice lady on the telephone, and she told me eventually, her name is Rebecca English from Palace Green, I got three more phone calls since Sunday from different people in both Clare, West Clare, South Clare and East of the County talking about the program that they enjoy Tom Ryan. They seem to enjoy Tom Ryan but they enjoy me for some reason. I must be lacking something, Tom. And Tom, a brilliant program. They can't go to sleep. Some of them said we put them to sleep. They go to sleep with Tom Ryan every Wednesday night. Well, he's usually here at the hours that they accuse him of going to sleep. Sleeping him. So, Tom, you have to mind yourself if those ladies and men that are going to sleep with you and I every Wednesday night. <laughs> Be careful. Anyway, back to Rebecca English from Palace Green. A lovely, lovely lady and a lovely conversation. And thank you, Rebecca, for calling on Sunday night. And you asked me to play a song for you, which we normally don't do, but yet anybody who goes to the bother and effort to ring me up to have a chat about the program, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, take note, folks. And she would ask us to play, would you ever play Johnny Donegan, The Station of Not Long, wonderful singer, and alas, sad to say, Johnny is no longer with us. He passed away some years back. So especially for Rebecca English of Palace Green, The Station of Not Long. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
That was the station of Not Long by the late, great Johnny Donegan. That was especially for Rebecca English in Palace Green. So, Rebecca, I hope you enjoyed the programme and keep well tucked in. And a hot water bottle as well wouldn't go astray on a night like tonight. It's little, getting a little bit in the cool side, even though I hear them saying in the dark they don't turn the heating on till the 1st of October. So this year they're turning it on two days later. I don't know what uh, two days would do for them, I suppose. All image. That's right. That's what they call that image. Now, folks, you're tuned to Wrestling Mic 102 FM broadcast from Newcastle West. My name is Pat O'Donovan, and this program is going out live from half past nine this Wednesday evening until 11 o'clock. If you want to text in or call in 0696600, we do appreciate people who call, and we do like it in calls and messages. Just to let us know that there is somebody out there listening. 0696600, Jason Smith is our producer there. Jason is a hard working man he's there since 8 o'clock this evening covering in for John Harold who is presently away and as I said earlier thanks again to Shirley for sitting in another lady who does hours and hours and hours here as well thanks to Shirley O'Regan for sitting in here on last Wednesday night and if you want to text in or call in 087-166-9800 and we have Jerome Scanlon Independent County Council Carmel Ryan and Tom Ryan and I have been looking at the uh, I love court cases, and, and indeed, a few people said to me they enjoyed the program aspect because of what I do read out from the papers. Three pints for that is harsh. This is Kilmallock Court. If there is standing room on in Kilmallock Court, it can only mean one thing. There are a lot of speeding prosecutions due to be held. The early two meter stickers are removed and people are packed in. Go safe operators sit together for their turn to give evidence. Every case is similar. They say they're operating speed devices, blah, 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 and they were doing that speed, speed, speed. The prosecuting guard in this case, Carol Thompson, hands in proof of the vehicle being registered to the owner, and that's his job done. In the state's case, however, one more before the court last week had a reprieve. You were listening to me, Tom Ryan. They were detected driving at 59 kilometers per hour in a 50 kilometer zone. Judge Patricia Harney said she was not happy with the person being before the court, before her court, for driving nine kilometres over the legal limit. Really, she asked. Three pints on your licence for that is harsh, says Judge Harney, who struck the matter out. That's that one. An elderly lady was not so fortunate. She said she's 73 years old and bemoaned the fact that she was before the court for exceeding the speed limit. She said she had never been had an issue in her over 50 years of driving. Judge Harney said just because you're 73 doesn't mean you can break the law. And the lady doing the eight over a while ago, there was nothing about her breaking the law. The woman said you could just be over the limit for a little bit, which the judge explained was speeding. A 200 fine was imposed. The defendant expressed her displeasure at getting penalty pints at that stage in her life. Judge Harney said she will be getting penalty pints much to the woman's shock and annoyance. She continued to give out as she left the witness box and made her way out the door. Judge Harney said she was going to fix if if she wished to appeal, if the woman wanted to appeal, or I will be, said the woman as she left the court. That sounds like a huge piece of contradiction to me. And I've been there in similar cases, and I was told you break the law, and if you're two miles over, the law is the law, and you break the law. Yet you have the judge here in one case, the lady was eight over, which is quite a bit, 
which you would seem was a case of penalty points. She thought it was too harsh to judge. Mm -hmm. The other lady, 73, she seemed to talk like myself. She obviously spoke up to herself too much, and she got a rap of a five to 100 euros. Silence so that is that puts miles in as you keep your mouth shut and bow to authority and you'll get off light. But what? if you're cheeky and speak your mind, you'll pay for it. It just shows judges differ, don't they? Well, not alone to judge, yeah. that's the same judge different. Uh, uh, no, oh, sorry, now you had two different judges no, at one no, point. One judge, no. one court case. That's all the one day and the one court in Kilmallock. So she, uh, we don't know what age the uh, lady or the person that was the, 50, the nine kilometres over the limit. No. Happened to be. No. Or the, you didn't she was eight over. Yeah. And what was the other person? 73 over? years old was the other woman. And how much how was she over? over she? It didn't say what she was over, but she didn't say it would be a whole pile over. Well, she that, was of course, claiming, is anyhow. the kernel of the thing. Like if she was 20 kilometres over, it would be a different matter. That's the way the paper reported it. Yeah. Yes, Carmen. Well, is, like, you'd wonder, is the judge entitled to say the law is stupid, which seems to be what she's That's after saying? You know, that is. It doesn't matter about the speed limits. It depends on the judge. That's it was a male judge and a, a young blonde. Now you could understand it maybe that they might say it over the limit is harsh, as was said there. But I, I know, Pat, I actually think that they'd be dead down on a young driver if they did it. Do you know, they seem to... Well, we don't know the age. No, we don't know the age of the other person. That, that the person yeah. was eight kilometres over the limit and the judge thought... There seems to be no accountability. And for, she dismissed the case. Yeah, there seems to be no accountability that that isn't held up, do you know. But, uh, you know, one of the problems there is that judge's credibility to me, if it was, I wasn't listening correctly, because I thought you were referring to two different judges presiding. I'm only because this, there's two in the one here. It's because the one case, it's total uh, contradiction. Yeah. One go sauce for this goose and yeah. different sauce for the gander. Mm. Yeah, well, you see, this appears to be an ongoing problem in our court system and with our, with our judges I mean the comments that, that, that um, were made in the first on the first um, case 58, 59 miles and 50 mile limit well you know it's very hard to judge I mean, limits especially when you come down to 50 and depending on where it is and you, you could be if you're watching the, if you're watching your speed amber all the time you could crash into a car you could crash into a wall or something you know mm -hmm. and I think that uh, there's, there should be more discretion anyway number one by the people in the wagons number one these, these uh, speed speed uh, traps or whatever you call them <laughs> The other case, like, is unbelievable, like, you know, they should have such uh, two different decisions in the same court by the same judge on the same day. I mean, it is absolutely outrageous, you know. I mean, and, and the comments that she made, like, as well, to go with it, like, and define it in particular, you know. And I'd say that that lady has a good case for, for an appeal, anyway. You know, that's all she can do with him because the judges appear to be able to say and do what they like. Yeah. Should, should you be, if, if you're over the limit and it's proven, should you be able to appeal it? You, know, you can appeal it, Carmen, it cost you about a thousand euros. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? That <laughs> you're either over the limit or you're not. And that there shouldn't be a question, a small bit of a variation. The question in this is the judge, like. Of course it it's is. It's the judge that's yeah, wrong. It's the judge that's wrong, yeah. You know, totally wrong. It, it's not, <laughs> it's not really the speed limit. It's the judge is wrong. And, and to me, the comments, if if it's correctly quoted, and we need to be careful here, the comments that the judge are alleged to have made in respect of the first case aren't acceptable to me. 
They're not acceptable. I read it again, folks. Read out the first one. One morsel before the court last week had a reprieve. They were detected driving, sorry, if you were right, Jerome, 59 kilometres per hour in a 50 kilometre zone. 59. Judge Patricia Harney said she was not happy with a person being before her for driving nine kilometres over the legal limit. Really, she asked. Three pints on your licence for that is harsh, says Judge Harney who struck the matter out, mm-hmm. full stop. And then it goes on, an elderly lady was not so fortunate. She said she is 73 years old and bemoaned the fact she was before the court for exceeding the speed limit. She said she had never had an issue in her over 50 years of driving. Judge Harney said, just because you are 73 doesn't mean you can break the law. The woman said you could just be over the limit for a little bit which the judge explained was speeding, which is a complete contradiction from the previous one where she was nine. The 200, a 200 fine was imposed. The defendant expressed her displeasure at getting penalty fines. Uh, we would like a lot more information on all of that court case, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Definitely. Well, the, the information is there in front of you, Pat. Well, what's there, like, I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's, it's a total contradiction. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 and it's race, really. She tells the 73-year-old, yes. you, you yeah. broke the law and, and you exceeded the speed limit. The one who was nine over, yeah. she, she okay. thought it was harsh and <coughs> dismissed the case. And not alone that, but she did comment about on her age as well, that the fact that she was 73 didn't mean she could break the law, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and get off of it. Yeah. I think it was absolutely... And, of course, look, half them have really discussed the decisions and the again of the bench here every night, you know, they'd absolutely at the time they'd leave you they'd leave you thinking, you know. She's, the judge is actually condoning somebody driving at almost sixty kilometers an hour. Yes. In a fifty, 50 kilometers yeah. an hour yes. zone. Yeah. Which would be possibly a residential area. You have kids that, playing, yeah. people on bicycles, yeah, well, kids going to school. It doesn't, you yeah. know, not that that matters, but yeah. obviously um, it's a 50-kilometre zone for a reason. And 59 is almost 60. Well, I have heard in my appearances in court, the law is the law, and you broke the law. Yeah. Full stop. <coughs> Depend who you meet and who is in front of you. What I would say is of help to the motorists is the speed indicators and we put up a lot of them around villages yes because you see straight away that you're doing uh, yeah, they're very effective yeah they are, yeah, they're, they they're are. good it's, I think the, they're excellent yeah. yeah the more of them we have the better now Shenagord and Post Office I was discussing it the last night I was here two weeks ago and in the meantime it was open it was closed and it was open it was closed again and now it's still closed Tom yeah, but that's the word that we we got last Wednesday night. Yeah, you know, this was the word that promises from politicians. I was told they were they couldn't. I mean, come on the program because they were too they were too tied up with politicians. They yeah. were going to take, come to their assistance and keep it open. But as you predicted that night, <laughs> and I think you mentioned it here and a few more places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, it was disappointing that they hadn't. Uh, they, 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 they had to, to, to come on the air and explain the situation anyway. But is it, is it true there. that the postmaster resigned and nobody would take it on? I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure. that's... But sure we have the detail. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. Did I it, think it's true the postmaster 
give it up. Yes. Yeah, full stop. And they got no, nobody would take it yeah. on. Well, this, it's debatable what effort was made and so forth. That's not very clear at all. No, no, no. But, but equally, sure. one yeah. would imagine if they wanted to keep the post office in China Golden, they would have continued and found somebody before the original yeah. contract was... Yeah. Yes. This has arisen, folks, in a number of cases. Carmel Ryan is the postmaster, we'll say, in Arda. And Carmel is a young active lady now, but when Carmel gets to 90, she might feel it's time to retire, okay? But Tom Ryan can't come in on the same level of salary or the same deal as Carmel. This is where the thing is falling down. Yeah. They will say, Tom Ryan, be delighted to entertain you as the postmaster down there, yeah. but you'll be on a commission. I will be on an agency. Yes. So Tom Ryan has a shop in Arda, and if he's time and he wants to put a corner, the, set a corner of the shop aside, he will. But then he'll find out later that it's costing him to uh, to take Jerome Scanlon's uh, 50 quid for the TV license because he has to go to the bank, which is, the bank charges are more than the commission he makes in it. Yes. So it's not viable. Yeah. Oh, that, that's it. I, I know I'm not too familiar with the transactions now or with the, the complications that can arise. Mm. But, you know, if you listen to any of the head of the, the postmasters, you know, he's very clear, a very articulate man. Mm. And uh, he's here to explain, you know, that there's a lot of, and you have put out, you put out there now, Jerome, very clearly. And it's, it's not uh, commercially viable, you know. You, you need something else with it. it. You, it know, you can't just open the post office. It, it, it happened both in Castlemahan and Fiona, yeah. but the local shop took the agency. Yeah. But they found it was costing them to operate the post office. And as well as that, Jerome, I interrupt you, uh, it, it, there are a lot more uh, areas now that the post office would be are operating in, like with the banks and the whole lot and mm -hmm. interlinking with them, that you want to have a lot of expertise as well. Correct. You know, and and uh, this, this is a matter of security, so they're no longer, uh, you know, I mean... You can't um, put it in a corner kind of at the moment. It has to be a secure area. Yeah, yeah. Secure, you know, but the, the, the security, with money overnight and I mean money uh, for pensions and all that you know so I mean it isn't it, it, it's not simple anymore the it, no it maybe it was never yeah. simple I'm not mm. too familiar with the walking there, but, mm -hmm. but listen to people and listen to especially when when postmasters throw down because I know there was out in East Limerick now there was a there was a, a postmistress she was there for a long time there and uh, but she was a brilliant uh, brilliant at her job and you know she retired she, she wasn't going to keep working forever and uh, you know so they were, had difficulty in replacing her but she's been replaced now and, uh, and uh, you know so it's a different it's a complicated business now and it's not it's not as straightforward as it would be you know we want to be uh, I'd say very up, up to like date offering the banking foreign exchange yes, facilities so of course, everything you need you need all your wits about you you know now is if you want to get a few dollars they'll yeah. tell you come back in three weeks if you go to either the banks in this town yeah. you can go into the post office and get it today yes oh, so there is a lot of issues there you know but the, the disappointment was the pattern that he that they didn't um, come on they kind of dismissed his uh, his inter interjection like to, for to promote the thing and for to have it explained to people and uh, they felt that they were leaving it to local politicians who no, well, no. that's what local radio stations as far yeah. it is a local yeah. station covering yeah. your area. We had that in Drumcolor when the post office, well, it didn't close. Fortunately, the post office took over where the bank is now, a fine building. But there was an issue with the <coughs> post office a number of years ago when the bank was closing. 
And at that time, somebody from the post office came, one of the senior people, and it wasn't really a worthwhile meeting with that individual. Yeah, they, they, that's been that's been I mean proven on different occasions as well, Jerome. You know, you, if you follow the, the different different radio programs like of places closing down, and of course, the, the worst of all is that when it closes down again, it's uh, it's you know you're taking the soul out of a village as right. well. You know, I mean, and you know, and even our president Michael D is very concerned about the uh, about the uh, how or rural villages have been the, the heart has been stripped of them you know but there appears to be nobody appears to be doing anything about it they've always been the heart of the community of course yeah I mean, you know and uh, so we have gathered stations I mean that's closed and that's there we've got manned they're not we open they may not be closed but they're not open. open and you have shops like which are closing as well because they're no longer available filling stations and, you know, petrol stations and the whole lot. So, I mean, it's, it appears to be, it's ongoing. Then I'll talk about it, but they won't come up with any kind of a, of a, a solid plan to consolidate those villages, you know. And uh, so where's the solution? If well, we, the, the solution is there, but nobody's prepared to put it into practice. If you go into most of those villages, go to Fina, for example, and you look at the streetscape and you have, I'd say, about 11 empty houses. Go to Arda. It's something similar. Now, in fairness, the council is doing something about Arda. They have started and they have derelict proper property registered for Arda and people that have vacant houses there. Jerome, I can't resist without interrupting you. But about the council's own derelict property. Oh, sure. We've more help for them. What are doing about them? I have a, a, que a question or a motion down. There's three or four properties here in this town. We can name them, but I'm sure you've heard it all before. Uh, in, in an appalling and state. And they have sold some in of them to a housing. Yes, dreadful. Uh, There's uh, one next to uh, a, a house that you're familiar with in the Sumter Park. Yeah, and, and it's, it's that way for 20 uh, years. And it, it is the property of the County Council. It is now. It is rat infested. Yes. The and the owners, for the past number of years, are the County Council. They are. They are. And question for the next council meeting, when are we going to see action up there? There's a house in Sharwood, number 20, I think, and it's uh, the same. There's an old saying, don't do as I do, do as I say. I think that's applies to... Yeah. Do as I say, not what I do. Yeah. 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 Yes, very much so. But, but, but isn't it a pity like that, uh, that, you know, that this item and this area of discussion in the intermingle with the housing, the, the, uh, the lack of housing and the housing crisis, is, isn't it awful that... that I remember just uh, since we started the program alone, even like, alone, mm. we've been discussing this, and uh, these places have remained, have remained unoccupied and deteriorating, and more with them. And uh, you know, we we'll go to the town of the same thing. Is there anybody really in charge at this, um, Jerome, or who who holds responsibility within the authority for within that? the council? Yes, uh, vacant sites dereliction now. In fairness, we'll just take Arda as an example. They've only started. You've Arda, Abbeyfield, Brough and Ratkeel, I think, are the first four, where they're acquiring derelict properties. It takes about three years to put a compulsory purchase order on them. But Jerome, they, they, sorry, sorry again for coming in top you. Yeah, Would they not deal with their own first? Well, they should. They should. But ask, the, ask Miss Caroline Corley, who's Director of Service for Housing. 
You're and see what answer you get. You're the elect- been, you are the elected representative. Been, you're dead right. <laughs> I have been asking and asking and asking. There are five other councillors here in this municipal area. They should get off their butts as well and do the same thing. Yeah. Would you, would you not think in some instances, Jerome, that the standard is too high? You see a family moving out of a house, a relatively new council house. Correct. And all of a sudden, it's gutted. There's new solar panels. There's new heating. There's Everything has gone in new. The floors are done, the walls are done, everything. Now, not all people on the list, but I know some people on the list that would gladly take the house in any condition and they would work day and night to paint it themselves and they'd scrub it and clean it and they'd clean the chutes and they'd do all of this. I have seen windows being changed in houses that are less than 10 years old. Yes, you're dead right, Carmel. The we standard, I think, is too those high. Those houses in question that I'm talking about. We got a costing at last Monday's full council meeting. 178,000, 178,000 Carmel to restore them. Now, folks, and sorry, Jerome. I'm going to finish, Pat, if I may. Then, you, if you were to put that house on the market, after you spent the 178,000 plus what was paid for it, you wouldn't get anywhere near that amount of money. I was about, I was about to say there before Jerome tripped me due to the fact that Carmel is present tonight. It means we have a sweet cake and buns and taps and whatnot. So we've got to go to the ad break and at the tail we got called him. Jason is, I don't think he'd make a way from but in the tail. 18 minutes ago, so it won't burn us anyhow. So, Carmel, you're a lady. I know, sure. And a finest baker in West Limerick. If you knew the pressure so I was under today to get So, listeners, if we're late coming back after the adventure, maybe we're still eating Carmel's buns. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 28th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Carmel Ryan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. No, they were absolute. What were they called? Those buns, blue velvet, is it? No, they were chocolate fudge buns. Chocolate With fudge. Russian meringue buttercream. And they were extremely <laughs> heavy. One was more than enough. Don't mention the war, Carmel. <laughs> I think About we'll, I, 250 calories per bite. I think we'll have you in again next Wednesday night, Carmel. Delicious. You should be here every week. I won't be back again unless Carmel's present. That's right. The most popular lady coming in here on a Wednesday night. And the most generous as well. She never comes empty-handed. Now, there was uh, thanks again, Carmel, for those beautiful... What are they called? Bones, would you? Yeah, you would, I suppose, yeah. 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 Very, very rich. Now, the GAA, they're still beating the daylights out of the referees and dumpers again this weekend. 
it's not good enough, really, because those people are doing the work voluntarily. That's my view. Tom Ryan might have a different view. Tom Ryan would have a view anyway. Her husband, a very well-known referee and a gentleman to boot, from my experience. I think I was the only one that he, uh, he was the only referee that I never shouted at. <coughs> I don't know about that, Tom Patrick. <laughs> no, like, I... You know, the referee is human. And I suppose the, the higher you go, the harder it gets. And when there's abuse being shouted at a referee, it affects the whole family. Because often their families are at the match. Do you know, very often they might go along, they could have kids at the match, they could have anyone belong to them. But there's abuse of players too, Carmel. Oh, very abusive players. Uh, but players, yeah. it's what It's what they're seeing from the sideline. They see it from their parents. If the parent is shouting in abuse at the referee, the child thinks it's okay. And we live in a society now where children can do no wrong. It doesn't matter what they do. God help us. Uh, uh, you remind me there was something yesterday evening. It was a very wet evening here in Newcastle West, and I'm down in the into the town there, and it was raining very heavy. There was two young ladies. We believed they were about six and seven. I'd say seven was pushing it even, you know. We were there for nearly two hours, fiddling around up and down and so forth. And my wife, then, who is not like me, she's the opposite. When we were leaving the office. She went up to them and said, there are no courts in the middle. It was raining quite heavy. And she said, your mother will be looking for you or something. And if words, if words, if and mother couldn't believe it. And these are children of six and seven, yeah. just let off. Yesterday evening, the heavens opened. Mm -hmm. And when my wife asked those two small little ones about your mother will be looking for you, if the if and mother is the answer she got. No. Yeah. But they turned out like there was a business here at the back of us. You know it, a laundrette. A lady ran a very effective laundrette business. Yeah. And one particular evening, two little ones, much the same age as you've referred to, maybe younger even, ran down with a firecracker into the laundrette and bounced it off the floor. And th she had it on 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 video. She videoed it. She moved out. She couldn't stay there. That was only one example of what happened. But on the video, there was a car waiting for them across the estate on the other side. So, who's to blame? Where was the problem there? The problem was with the parents. They let these two young ones down there to do that. There's neither law nor order in terms of the way children, in a lot of cases, are raped. But I don't think, Jerome, the problem is with the parents. I think oh. the problem is with the people who should be applying the law. We were clearing out a house you here in Newcastle. You couldn't touch a child if you were a guard. We, you couldn't lay your finger on one of them. We, we, we were clearing out a house at Christmas time there and, and just inside the door and they were walking up and down and the language out of young children, seven and eight yep. again, and some of them, were, the parents were with them. Yes. And on mobile phone. It's just, to me at my age, like I find it unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, unf uh, and you wondered then why, why, why afterwards? Well, well you know? fortunately for us, we were brought up in a certain way and we have, mm. we were taught to have respect. But I'm not so sure that that's the case anymore. And I, I think if you are brought up with that respect, it follows down, it's generational. Your, your children will bring up their children something similar, maybe not exactly the same because we don't do everything right. You know that it will, it carries through if you have a stable method of discipline 
and there's nothing wrong with oral discipline at times. Or, you know, that people are afraid to open their mouths, lads. You're afraid to say boo. Some people are afraid to say boo to their grandchild because the parents will eat them, the mm. daughter and or the son and or their own son and daughter. Yeah. And they wreck their houses, they're let run wild. You know, it's, it's a whole society thing that it's a sense of entitlement and they're, they're growing up. They're just, uh, as you said, Pat, the language I'm not able for. There's a guy that works with us sometimes and he keeps using that word camel when we're discussing matters like entitlement. 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 Mm-hmm. feel entitled to everything. But you're after going away now from the referees, you say. You started yeah. off on a very serious note about the referees. But it's still the same. It's still the same thing. It's all mixed in the and same. I know, say, going back a long time, that especially I think inter-county referees as well, you're waiting on the Monday morning for that comment on the paper and it's a national paper yeah. and it could be you would the referee may have a reason for doing it that nobody else may see but you get no sense of reply no right of reply nothing and this idea now of attacking referees people will have to be held accountable it can't go on you know it can't we've, we've all known bad referees and we've all known good referees we've known bad players we've known good players we've known people who guarded on the field people who played by the rules and the media will go for the sensational they will. reporting. They will, they will. I'm sure when the referees are attacked, as what has happened, they can do without the media being camped at their doorstep. They can do without the media waiting for a comment, which is what seems to be happening. Tom, well, you've y- been y- there. Oh, I've been there and there all the time, really, thank God. Uh, no, I, you know, it's, uh, as Jerome Gamla said, like, it's a shocking situation when referees are attacked and when they're abused. But, uh, you see, there's, it's a deeper problem. You see, you see, this has kind of taken off now since the incident in Roscommon. So that was, that was always happening. Maybe not to the same extent, but we saw the freeze, as you rightly mentioned here, put into both a guard, one week now, and places. And, you know, it's um, it's a difficult job enough, but the real culprits in charge here and responsible for this are the GA themselves. Because, you see, if you look at other courts, I mean, and look at particularly rugby, and I met a rugby enthusiast, and I, I watch it, and I watch what they're, the points that you can take out of it, and I always did that, even when I was active myself as, manager, in a, as a manager and a coach. I find that, you see, that the GA are too lax in everything they do. They're too lax when, they, when it, it comes down to being um, making rules and not cutting them out. I was, like, I mean, myself, you know, they have all rules and protocols the GA have, but they don't apply any of them. So as a result, I mean, I had to laugh today when I saw David Fitz with a full page in the paper and big news last night. He, sh- he says all people that abuse their freeze and that and should be banned for life. I mean, David Fitz never stopped roaring and shouting at referees. He never stopped shouting and roaring at referees. And we know run out of the field. He know and do it. How often was he? What was he? I'll pause you there. I'm sorry, Tom. I'll pause you there. What does the panel think of David Fitzgerald's comments that heavy fines and bans be giving to pe- be given to people that <laughs> abuse referees? As the problem seems to be really getting out of hand, especially in the last few days. Sean O'Dea, Chrome. Let Tom continue. Tom. Continue. Well, that's yeah. that's the point I'm just making. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I mean, when you have examples, I mean, I I I have been like. 
And I had it in my team or any team. I never went out in the field. I never interfered with the player or with, with, with players or with, uh, with I was accused of not getting out of my up out of my team and running out of my backside and that's why we lost all Ireland. Kind of rubbish. You see, so the GA like are responsible for behaviour. That's all and anyone and, and you see, when it started underage and it particularly started underage and can be often because my Johnny is, you know, he's the best and if anything happens to him the whole lot. You see, the referee should take action. And to me, you started out in one month. Blow the whistle, leave the field. But then you have to have the support of the board. The referee mm. is is part of the system. He's like a player. He is part of... But they have to be... All the referees must be backed up and have to be have to be protected. Not, I mean, protected by having people around or anything, but I mean, but defended. Mm. And when you haven't that, when you have... Uh, like the judge we spoke a while ago, one rule for this, mm-hmm. and another one rule for one person, and another rule for another person. And anyway... Overall, the standard of refereeing is poor. And why I mean it's poor, it, it's not consistent. We have referees refereeing into county matches at the moment, and they're inconsistent. And I go back to the All Island final this year, not consistent refereeing. And great praise, because as you rightly said, Pat, the last day, let the game flow. The game ha- is a game of rules and regulations. The referee, in my opinion, is there to apply them, not to interpret them. They apply the rules, and that's not happening, you see. So I would definitely, and I, 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 I abhor people being abused, and even worse, maybe physical abuse is bad, but verbal abuse can be worse. It's worse of all. I've had some remarks passed to the freeze, shocking, disgraceful things that they were said, and by people just losing their head, and, you know, and those items were never followed up by the GA, locally or nationally. But would, would you think that it should consistency within the club of the behaviour they accept from the people with the teams? Or is it the clubs are so desperate to get people in charge of teams that they accept this behaviour on the sideline? Carmel, I agree with you. It should be applied at club level as well. But you see, club level, as can the people that are in clubs are often the people themselves that are causing the abuse and causing the verbal abuse mm-hmm. and problems because their children are playing, their sons are playing, their brothers and sisters are playing. So, I mean, it's, and the overriding governance is wrong in the GA, across the board, in every aspect of it. Yeah, I, I, I know we, we used to try and implement the rules in County Board in Oak. And there was one we could deal with children, but we couldn't deal with the adults. The adults then had to be referred on. And we knew there was one very serious incident, and it was a lot to do with I finishing up. It was coming up to a convention, and both clubs were six vote clubs. Both clubs involved were six vote clubs. So we knew no matter what we did. They were going was, to get the decision. It was, never, never, yeah. it was never going to be followed through. And that's, you know, you can do all you like, but, but then again, a good um, rap on the knuckles yeah. is... But, Carmel, it, but then again, does that go back to the point I'm making? Governance by yes. the yeah. themselves, yes. by, the, by, the, by the association. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you're having the support from the top, Tom, 
you might as well give up. We will hold that there, folks, and we'll move on to Italy. And we have a new minister. I think her grandparents came from Kerry Kerry. I think I saw on something. She is Georgia Meloni. And she is the new prime minister. I think is she, General? Is she uh, there yet? Uh, uh, well, they have the numbers. They have the former government. You have Mr. Berlusconi, and you have some, is it yeah. one of the Mussolini people? One of yeah. the Mussolini parties? Uh, yeah. Is his granddaughter part? So it's a one? huge, huge switch. It's a swing to the right. But yeah. we have it across the pond as well Yeah. with the government that's been formed there in the last they're, couple of weeks. They're called conservatives. Well, call them what you like, but they're they're every bit as right wing as the people, the smog etc. Yeah. Every bit as right wing. It looks like there were huge changes in Europe and Ireland as well because of the Italian situation and the English situation. Even though and England isn't England is out of the EU, bear, but, bear but in, we are very much involved with them, whether we like it or not. And bear in mind, the outcome of the Italian election is considered a breath of fresh air by the Hungarian government and a couple of others around the continent as well. Yeah. Well, it has, um, you know, if you look at world politics in general, and uh, you have a, a huge, a huge, like, I mean, country like it, like Italy, you know, we've always looked at Italy. To, I mean, I know it's a place where you don't get consistency, like the governments are usually made up of a lot of different parties and of different, you know, different ideologies. But this, uh, you know, she's um, Marie Le Pen, lookalike is France, yeah. uh, in France. And uh, these, uh, these parties have grown, you see, out of fear as well and we often speak about fear here in this I, I, on the program and I, it, it's something that I I have been looking at for a long time in following politics internationally I mean you had it which you had it in France you had you, you know it is strong enough there as well and now as you rightly said the Hungarian I mean regime have come in behind this the Polish regime is not too far yeah. out of the question either and uh, you know it's not good it's not good for democracies it's not good for the EU and for Europe but like I mean at the same time these people have been elected and you know it's uh, overall governance again is probably probably the cause of it you know they're not happy with the way things are going and people are are unsettled and people will vote in for the for the hard right and this is what they are like hard right and she might be I'd say she's a wolf and sheep's clothing now to be honest about her and she didn't like this her cough already well, earlier, over in England, like. mm -hmm. earlier this year Miss Maloney said in a speech in Spain yes to the natural family no to the LGBT lobby yes to sexual identity no to gender ideology no to islamic violence yes to secure borders no to mass migration no to big international finance no to the bureaucrats of brussels yeah we'll go back to that yeah. after the ad break folks and you're tuned to Islamic 102 my name is pat o'donovan on the panel tonight is jerome scanlon carmel ryan tom ryan no relation and if you want to text in or call in we're live until 11 o'clock on this <coughs> wednesday night on 0696600 or 087166 9800. Back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Westlandwick 102 FM on the 28th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Carmel Ryan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. What do you think of the latest situation in Mrs. O'Leary and Mrs. Coffey? Yeah, Mrs. Tr- Miss Truss and Mrs. Coffey. She's gone back to her maiden name. She married Hugh O'Leary from Liverpool. She's the Prime Minister. He's I'm, I'm afraid I wouldn't have a great deal of confidence in them. And I would sh- expect the IMF to arrive knocking on the door of number 10 before very long. Quasi, her Chancellor, is really her only line of defence at the moment. It's a bit like you want to go to New York. She became Prime Minister today and before the week was out they had a mini budget and they threw the kitchen sink at it but they didn't stop and think of the repercussions of what they were doing they have it's all borrowed money it's not like the sensible government and I'll describe them as sensible here in terms of the budget they spent money they had but the British government is borrowing billions I think about 56 billion or something of money that doesn't exist so what will happen interest rates will go up they've already gone up and I expect that they'll go up again within the next few days. And the mortgage holders over in the UK will end up paying 6% probably on their mortgages before long. And to add fuel to fire, the Prime Minister basically said high interest rates were a good thing. How can one defend that? They're anything but good. They're dangerous, and they're dangerous for us here as well. We have a border with with the UK, we don't, and that's even, going we, to, we don't even have a border. Well, it's you can walk across it, yes. <laughs> and drive across and it, you'll we, see nothing yet. We've already suffered the outcome of Brexit, or we're only beginning to suffer it. And we'll suffer because of this as well. If sterling crashes, that's going to have an impact in the economy here, because we want to export to the UK. There was a huge amount of transfer. I said it was in England over and back. The amount of lorries, vehicles, machinery coming back through the Belfast weekend. It was an absolutely huge amount. And stuff coming in will be cheaper, so that will put our people out of business here as well. Locally, yeah. yeah. The amount of buying in England coming back. Yeah. And as you said, the pound is... Like the pound is about 109, 110 today. Now, so yeah. they'll be buying a lot more. And, Tractors, and, and, Tom, there was manure spreaders, there was every kind of a machine and uh, boat coming back to, and, Bel- and to Belfast, yeah. sure Belfast. And if you're going out to buy sterling, you'll get it cheaper yet. You're saying uh, to uh, buy a jet? No, I'd, I'd be biding my time. Yeah. Jerome, like, uh, you, you wonder about about their whole system there, you know, that uh, she's been elected now by, I think, 250,000 people in uh, 60 million, you, you know, and uh, there, there would be, the, you know, and the people that elected her, like, who wouldn't be 
Shattered for Bob, no, no more, said Minnow. Oh, the Blue Ridge Brigade is members of the Conservative yeah. Party. Party. There are very few of them. And whereabouts then would would you rate the intervention today of the of the, the Bank of England? Uh, you know, they are stabilising the actual the, the rush on and and the rush on sterling like and the, the collapse. What funds can they put into the system to stabilise that? The Bank of England do not have the funds. They'll have to go to the International Monetary Fund of the World Bank to borrow it. But surely the reserves will be there, like... Oh, there are reserves, but they'll run out. Yeah. That happened before with uh, Dennis Healy in 1967. The pound was devalued. And, well, now we have... We'll describe it as floating exchange rates, so it's devalued every day or... The, the exchange rates changed from day to day. Back in the 60s, they were pegged, and they could only vary a certain amount in either direction. And then a devaluation was we devalued the pound by 15%, I think was what happened at that time. But for a world power that defended themselves, and then a very vulnerable position now, with their nuclear arms, their nuclear arms and their huge armies and the they're, whole lot, the, the, how are they going to serve? Their, their nuclear sorry, their nuclear armament is a joke. They have no nuclear power that they can, uh, that they can uh, exert on anyone. America now, decides that for them. We have, we'll be discussing that, I'm sure, for many a week to come here with the situation in England. I am the user of a cycle. I often cycle down a back road, but recently a bridge is closed, so I have to use the main brewery to Newcastle West Road. Most of it okay with protection inside the air lines, but in the areas where there is no protection, I feel vulnerable. I raised this with my local TD, Patrick O'Donovan, he said it will cost a lot to correct the vulnerable areas, as I am looking for is a few inches of protection for uh, while recycling my bicycle. The council should look after the walkers and cyclists. Also, the trucks has passed by the bushes uh, are coming out on the road, I think is what's there. Now, uh, driving a van for me sometimes, and you meet a lorry on the roads, and the bushes and briars are sticking out, which is serious. But it's literally almost impossible, Jerome, for people to be cycling a bicycle. It's so unsafe, especially on, the, on any bloody road, I go so especially on the ones David O'Reardon here is talking about on the side roads. That is from David O'Reardon. And David is right. The ro- it's very dangerous to cycle. And un- we had a very unfortunate accident up in Clonmore yeah. where one, a member of the force was knocked off his bike and has suffered very severely as a consequence. So, you know, you take your life in your hands, in my view, when you go very out on a bike. Well, I think, I think as well as I would support what you're, what you're saying there and also to Dave Reardon, he's one of, he, I suppose before cycling became popular, or had been promoted to Dave Reardon with cycling in Hotel Limerick. And it, it is, uh, you know, I mean, he's a wonderful enthusiast. Great support S- signs on, he's, he's very fit and healthy. He's, he's a yes. wonderful man, a very knowledgeable man, a, a great singer and in, interested in all history and that. But I'd like to say that, um, and I'd ask you, Jerome, you came up there now recently as well, about the the, the, I mean, the cutting of the hedges and the road, like, and, and the roadways. You know, I, I and have the council abandoned that completely, or is it piecemeal? Very much piecemeal, what the council do. The landowner, the council will tell you, is responsible for the hedges, and they serve. But they're not doing it just yet. Oh, they are. They, I think they sent out in the Newcastle West Municipal Area over 350 enforcement notices on people to cut the hedges. And in fairness, most of the farmers have done so. And where, where they do not, the council can go out and cut them and send them the bill. 
Yeah, but what you see, are they doing that though? I see, the, the, yeah. oh, the yeah. point about yeah. it is, is now, like around, around. I mean, anyone that travelled the road and roads, like, I mean, we'll see that people that hedges are not being caught. They're dangerous. The briars out in the hedge, yeah. and and even driving a car not mind the cycle. You know, I mean, it. Carmel how's it on your way? It's there's actually a lot of them being cut now since uh, September. September yeah, yeah. There, but there's parts of the road you go on, and it's very dangerous because you can't keep in. Mm-hmm. And like the narrower the road, the worse it is. There is you cannot see the stone wall; you can see nothing. <coughs> you know, it's very, very dangerous. And of course, people I've often referred to here over the years. Some people, even the young people, still walk with their back to the traffic. Yes. And dark clothes. When it came in 1958, I think they're just supposed to walk against the oncoming traffic. Unbelievable. They don't realise the, the, the I, I met a man tonight on the way here, pitch dark, and he was wearing completely black clothes from head to toe and walking along. Yeah. And he's wrong side of the road. Yeah, I've said it to a few guardie, like from time to time, because I've seen a lot of guards giving summons for a lot of. Sometimes people say little minor silly things. I've never seen a case of a guard summoning somebody for walking the incorrect side of the road, which it should be highlighted. And also the road traffic crowd, them crowd above in Dublin, that's in Dr. Messrs. I've never heard them announcing that one either. Face the oncoming traffic, at least. If you see it coming, you can fall into the ditch. Whereas if it's coming, the car coming behind you. You'll land far in the field, yes, Jerome. Has it been forgotten about, I wonder, by the force? The fact that uh, the side of the road people... A lot of people don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, so young, one, young ones, I'm yeah. CML. Now, I go down along this. Does the... Uh, da, 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 da. Con Tremont called, I want to congratulate the victory of the new Italian Prime Minister. She stands for God, family and country, unlike all politicians. We cannot contradict you in that con. That's what Calmer said she did. Isn't that yeah, right, Calmer? Totally yeah. contradict him in that. Isn't that it's totally incorrect? Yeah. How could you stand for God when you when you have people who, when you demote people and when you despise people of a different persuasion? What's he talking about? Yeah, she's coming round to the mall now. She's changing slightly, but she's still she's pro life. Let Cam read out her example yeah, for Khan and let him listen to this now before he says. Read it all out again. For Khan, our good friend Khan. Once I left, find it now again. Yeah. In the meantime, no. can the panel discuss? To yes. Ask, yes, I have it, I have it, I have it. Um, in her 2021 autobiography, she wrote that she is aware she's... Oh no, that's not the one now. But she went on about um, she was against everything, really. I'll find it, I'll find yeah. it. Well, I'll politicians have it, Pat, as Pat Rabbit said one time when he was accused of something, he said, well, that's what people say during elections, you know. So they say anything, whatever will get them elected. Can the panel discuss what's happening in one board plenale at James Holmes? At hey, James, we've discussed that previous nights. It would look to be uh, an organisation that I was never happy with. And just like many others, they are totally unaccountable. It was seen until recent times. Jerome, do you want to quickly on that? Quickly. Well, there was an example that that today with regard to um, a development that was to take place in Galway and there's housing needed and um, Board Planal overturned it. Yeah. And the Sindhouse Inspector, James Holmes in the day, and the inspector says in favour. He goes off back to Dublin with his report, which is in favour, and they decide to knock it. That, well, that's one of the reasons that that board is going to, yeah. I would say, be overhauled. Been overwritten. It's, it's, it's an appalling board. It's, it's a politically appointed organisation again, and the, and the people that are involved there now are, are politically appointed by head honchos in Fine Gael. 
And uh, you see, the point, they, are, they are necessary. Like the, the, the board planala is, is, is a very, very important organisation, provided that is ran correctly and ran right. What organisation in this country, in the in the semi-state or in the national body, that run right like a straight? <coughs> I mean, you need them. You need you need an oversight. Well, we definitely need an oversight of some sort when you're dealing with the Limerick and the County Council and their and their planning division inside there. There's uh, one other one there. Yeah, the panel agreed that the vast deduction on media outlets, namely newspapers, is a good thing. Regards James Holmes in a tea. Uh, yeah. Newspapers are in financial trouble anyway. So. I would fully agree. Yeah. I would fully agree with that. Yeah. A zero rating now on, on newspapers. And speaking of the VAT, I think the nine and a half percent. My view is that the nine and a half percent rating for the catering industry should have been left as it was. That's going back up to thir- sorry, nine percent is going back up to thirteen and a half percent next year, at the thirty first of March. And if you look at this, the economy and tourism, if if we're charging higher VAT. We're going to have fewer people coming in from outside because they won't be able to afford that. Right, but I think they were sent because of the Dublin hotels where they're charging seven hundred and room in a hotel uh, in Dublin. Yeah, you're right that they're overcharging, but it's a cop out. Because if you have a restaurant here in Newcastle West and you want to sell somebody a dinner and you have thirteen percent down at the end of it, thirteen percent or thirteen and a half, it's crazy that that level of that. No, the hotels need to be dealt with in terms... The problem with the hotels is, and I don't want to sound like Miss Maloney from Italy, the problem with the hotels is that we have lack of space, and we have lack of space because of the war in Eastern Europe. We have, the hotels are full with people that have come in from outside. But you see, the, 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 I, mean, the, I don't agree with, you, with your own vote of papers. I wouldn't take no value from because, I mean, we, we have the worst media in the world. They're all compromised. We have, we're definitely yeah. in need of... You look at your local media. You look at your local media here, with the exception of, of the of Delver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, uh, and, but it, it's... The quality. There, there, there's no investigations. They're all in the same. They're all in the same light. Look at our national papers. It's all full of the of the, the British royal family every day. The rest of my, I mean, the red tops are all. They're owned by the, our, our main media organisations here are owned by Belgians mm-hmm. who have who got who got them for a song to take away. And our, our main, one of our oldest at uh, the, uh, the Times, is looking to let all their journalists go because they're all compromised with advertising. They're not, they're not, they're not, their investigative journalism in this country is absolutely nil. And uh, nobody wants uh, to uh, even uh, attempt to take on the, the, the fraudsters and the people in power. That's why they got it off because the politicians want to be left off the hook. Well, you could look at it that way, all right, Tom, but at the end of the day, we'll have no media if we... They can, they're not breaking even. And we'll just look at the Limerick leader. And we had a meeting to support the journalists at one stage not so long ago. There was a time, and if we had a council meeting where we raised things that nobody ever hears about, were covered by Norma Prendeville, I'll name her, and she covered our council meetings, and if you bought the local edition of the Limerick uh, leader, you saw what went on because she wrote about it. For the last 12 months, the leader haven't bothered. They've seen some p- poor unfortunate who, and I don't like describing somebody that way, a youngster who's obviously uh, a junior, uh, and the lady in question, nothing ever reported, nothing ever written. They're only, uh, how will I put it, 
therefore experiencing. We do not have the level, and we don't have the level of, of reporting because people aren't paid, Tom. If people were paid properly, we'd get objective reporting, we get accurate reporting. Well, I'm sure the National <laughs> Union of Journalism are well able to look after their journalists. And, uh, I mean, I'd be, I'd be very supportive of, of, of openness. Mm -hmm. like, and, like, and we haven't had that here in this country. We've had it at, at, at the level, at, at the top level, when you had Dennis O'Brien and, and, and before him, you had... Dennis O'Brien and Mr. Lowry, for and example. Mr. Lowry, and them, when, yeah. when they were able to take over the whole show. And... and and you were getting to know the continent of brain. You know, I mean, that's the problem. For, sure, Mr. Murdoch, Mr. Murdoch is king of news. Yes. Yeah, but that, that's, if we have any hope at local level, we need to, uh, what goes on at local level to be reported. But to, well, that's the secret. And that's, yeah. the, that's the, the elephant in the room, reporting news and investigating issues. But you're right, but there's nobody there to do it. It isn't happening because it they're isn't. not paying the eleven, folks, back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 28th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Carmel Ryan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. And as the late Michael Noonan said once upon a time, it is a lot easier for the people of today who are well-fed, well-clothed to walk up that hillside than it was for the starving people. Over a thousand of them walked there in October of 1847 looking for food and anything they could eat in, in those terrible, terrible times. It's not that long ago, 175 years ago, but uh, only for those people there then, we wouldn't be here now. So hopefully, folks, you will mark that date in on your calendar on Sunday, October 9th at 2 p.m. and remember those people who died during the famine all over the areas. And we'll probably give a bit more detail. Many townlands com were completely wiped out in the West Limerick area, down along by the Shannon Palace, Kinry, Kilcorn, and that area was very badly done. Lisa Mort and Ballangarry complete wipeout as well during the famine also. So that's on the 9th of October, folks, so we hope to see uh, the people will make the effort to remember those who went before us. And that's on October 9th, Ballangarry, 2pm. Jerome, the budget. The budget, uh, by and large, excellent, I would go so far as to say. A few small warts. So do you want to hear about the warts or the excellence? Anything you like now for if... Well, if, the, if, if, uh, I'll, I'll give you the one thing that concerns me most. 10% <coughs> on the cost of concrete. 
To me, that is, is nuts, for want of a better way of putting it, because people need to build houses, and if you're going to add somewhere between two and 3,000 to the cost of a house, when we know it's almost impossible to get a mortgage, that just doesn't stack up. And I would be saying to members of the Rural Independence Group and the Dáil to get that amended. That's only going to bring in 80 million. It's projected to bring in 80 million. But it will cost a lot more than 80 million because there are houses out there that won't be need for houses that will not get built. Why should the young people of today be paying for the mistakes All of, wrong. of highly paid people? All uh, wrong. That should never have... Uh, it, it was allowed to happen. We're looking at MICA and we're looking at Pyrite. And they are the reasons now that this levy is being placed on concrete. And nobody, the that nobody been, held accountable no, again. the people that should have been got at were the people that supplied the blocks. But of course, Mother Ireland, you can put the company down and you have no liability for anything. And the inspectors who were supposed to be inspecting and supervising. I'm not sure that, there. well, you see, part of the problem in that, that heady day, there was no compliance. Limerick County Council, for example, when we had a county council, didn't have anybody to go out and check sites because they were too busy granting planning. And I'm being blunt about it. They did not have the staff on the ground. Now we have people in enforcement to go out and try and correct the wrongs of the past. Well, it's a bit like the, the man managing the horse in the stable. No point in going to the stable after the door has been opened by someone. Carmel. The budget, I've spoken to a few people about it and they all seem happy enough. My daughter would be typical, married, two kids, built her own house, one child with additional needs, and she is happy with it. It's the first time that a budget has addressed some of the issues she would have had, a house where people work and have young kids. Um, from a disability point of view, um, it affects <coughs> an awful lot of people, is that the contributory pension for carers. That is a huge thing. And that was started, the whole campaign for that was started by a couple above in Carrickmacross with a disabled daughter. They have battled for years and years and years. Brian and Sheila Ward above in Carrickmacross have battled to get that recognised, to get the fact that a person that has to stay at home recognised for a contributory pension. I think that was a, a big thing to get. Um, I think the 500 euro being given to people will help because the heating is double the price. If you have a person with a disability in the house, you'll use more oil. No matter what way you look at it, you need heating. So I think that 500 euro, along with the fuel allowance, will help it will give a fill, most of a fill of oil. It will give a good bit of oil, say, to people, or it will buy coal or it will buy some kind of fuel. So I think that has been addressed. Do you know, there is a few small things maybe that could be better, could be worse, but I think definitely they've dealt with a lot of the disability in this one. And I think once it has been started to be dealt with, it can only improve. It's going to be very hard to take anything off the people. You know, whereas we needed to get a good start. The pension is a huge thing because it affected an awful lot of people and it was never highlighted that people were not being recognised as working in the home. So I personally, I'd be happy with it. Tom? Yeah, well, it appears in general terms, although since the has been announced, I've been listening to to uh, a good bit of radio and television debate about it, and there's nobody happy current uh, RT with all the dissenters and people are cribbing and crying about everything. You know, still, 
and I think that um, Carmel has given a, a, given a, a very very good account of the you know of the areas that she's familiar with there, and uh, you know I think her her view on them can be can be taken as general as intelligent as well. Uh, I'd be very concerned myself that we're lucky that the money is there from the corporate situation that, that has come in from the, interna- from the international companies, six or seven huge companies who are supplying a huge amount of money into the actual exchequer. And I don't agree either that uh, this is kind of one soft thing. This is ongoing. I mean, we're a very, very highly industrialised country now. The taxation situation, the level of taxation appears to have settled down. There's a good return coming from these companies in every sense of the world and I think that uh, that we're lucky that that our economy is being managed fairly well you know if you must say that I mean we have a good uh, we have a very good minister for finance and a very good uh, minister for the public sector. public sector I would be definitely I mean uh, agree with Jerome I mean the, the idea that that you would put 10% onto the basic products to build a house like I mean as a tax and as a kind of a as a fine and people in order to come cover or for to cover the mistakes that were, that were made the pirates and the mica situation is a huge problem and I, I think that has to be removed and I think it will be removed because tonight you had Fine Gael and you had Fine Fall back pensions along, along with the rural uh, deputies who have a good say and uh, you know like I, that has to be removed anyway, and the actual the, the contribution that have been made should be helped for the pension, for the heating, for the actual as Carmen said for the oil, and that and the double payments of up to Christmas. I think that's two of them coming in the in the you know in the social aspect of it, I mean pensions and unemployment and that people and and the benefits. So I I don't think they could have done any more really. They did what they could, and future balance sheets have not been held to ransom, Tom. Because they're spending the money that they have a surplus now. No guarantee we'll have it into the future. And we may not have a need to spend that type of money if energy costs come down. Now, there's one thing, another thing, another small word. We should have seen some better incentives from the point of view of solar panels on. There are acres of agricultural buildings out there. And, in, and I'm sure you have them and I'm sure if you put panels on the roofs of your sheds where your cattle live yeah. uh, that you'd be able to sell energy back to the grid 35 to 40% of the energy needs of this country are provided by wind energy, wave energy etc yeah. and we could provide a lot more if we put solar panels and refed it back but yes that would be a point the other point that, that I'd be inclined to uh, query is that I think that the benefits such as child's allowance and, and uh, you know the, the, the support that are there shouldn't be universal there are a lot of wealthy people in the country that don't need this money and I think that's that's a serious issue you know I mean and it has to be we have to tighten up I mean we, we definitely have to tighten up in that area you know there's no there is no that I mean the monies that, that are there, I think, that have been paid to people to, that don't need it. No, it's easy enough to identify the people. You know, that they, they, they know that this would be a big problem. It can't be a big problem in the in the age we're in with the computerized systems that, that, that revenue have. And I think that they shouldn't be getting double children's allowances or school allowances or anything like that. Those, those monies should be directed into the aged, 
the infirm, there is a possibility, like, and I'm a huge supporter of, of that and has, have been all my life, I think. We really have fallen down there in the area of mental health and, and medical work that has to be done to take young children and to people that are needing it. And the 3,200 additional pads uh, that was given to people uh, at the 20%, where they increased from 36 to 40 or near enough that. Jerome. That is very welcome. But at the top, Pat, at the top, yeah. they, they should have curtailed it and maybe had a slightly more expensive The oil companies and the gas companies have made unprecedented <laughs> profits, huge profits in the past number of uh -huh. months. Why were they not? Now, in fairness, one of the first things that that minister said when he made his budget statement was that if Europe didn't come after them, we would. And I'd admire him for that. Yeah, but we didn't. And we, but you we, see, you can't... We're you paying can, through the nose like... You can't, you can't just attack them overnight. You'll have to legislate and you'll have to do this, that and the other before you can get SSE to, to, to accept that 35% of their energy is coming from wind, for example. Yeah. And it isn't the same cost as the coal burning station. We're not meant, and meant we to mention. And we're the nose for yeah. it. But are the government not quite happy with the, the, the high price of, well, of Ireland is they're because getting, they're getting a huge amount of They are, but they're giving, look, they're giving back 1.2 billion or something in terms of the 600 quid that everybody's going to get. And I agree with Tom. Some of, some of us don't need it. Others need more than 600. But you can, fairness, it's very hard to define. I wonder, like, you know, you're never going to keep everyone happy. And I think it's probably one of the first budgets where there's a good lot of people happy. So get the good lot of people happy, get support, and then attack the other, the other issues that are still outstanding. Do you know that you can't let those that need it suffer because if you give it to them, you have to give it to the others. I think give it well, and well, then cut back. Well, the needy, you see, are, can be taken in, diff in, in different concepts. Like, and... and to me, the, the people that are really in need are the people that are, are waiting for services, waiting for operations, yes. waiting for, I mean, in our mental, our, 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 our mental uh, situation, when we look after the, the, the psychiatric patients and people that have psychiatric problems, which appear to be getting bigger and bigger, and we only look at the actual, at what's happening, we've discussed in the programme, in families, and how and a lot of it goes back to psychiatric problems. We need to invest there, we need to invest in, in the support of the elderly as regards care, home home care and care in, in and in hospitals. The hospital rating lists are appalling. They are shocking. Yeah. shocking. That's the point we're making, Pat. If we, we, just need to, we need to target those. Yeah. Uh, the the, the uh, large corporates in terms of the energy are need to be dealt with. And if we look at our own budget in the council, which is coming up next, well, in, our, in, in November, we have an issue in the council with regard to the corporates taking a case against the council because they believe the, the rate that's imposed on a windmill is too high. And there's a probable liability of about four and a half million if the courts rule in favour of the corporates. So now is the time to address and tackle that. Of course it is. There's huge areas, but it's a start. And, I, and, and, and I'm sure that, that, that with, a, with, a, with a confidence that appears to be there now that this money is going to come from the corporates and from our, and, and from our, our industrialists, I, I think definitely like that we should be managing that in the direction of people, of the people that need it. Absolutely. One quick comment there before we finish. Uh, many people watching the holding match last Sunday between Aina uh, Kildemorne and Eero Venice, and a player got injured and it 
took 15 minutes, 20 minutes before the first little small motor car ambulance arrived, the first responders to call them, but it was one hour later before an ambulance came to the GA field in Cusick Park in Innes, which is approximately maybe 100 yards from the county hospital in Innes, mm. and I'm told the ambulance had to come from Limerick to go to Innes. Tom. Well, this has been a problem, Pat, all the time. You know, this has been mm. a serious problem. And, and I'd like to this was my, sincere, my sincere sympathy with the player in the question. Mm. You know, uh, I mean, it, it, it's probably, you know, it's a very serious injury. But uh, the, the, the point you're making, Pat, is, again, it's, it has to be the management of our ambulance services and, and our, our backup and our, you know, how fast we can respond to our responders, which, we, which are great people. But if they, if they haven't the actual, if our infrastructure, like it's not suitable and all, it causes delays, well then we have to look at it again. But, but yeah. Claire appears to be, to Pat, all the time, yeah. it, 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 we talk about Lou Pedro, we're talking about West Clare. Yeah, if it was in Lou Pedro, somewhere to meet yes. two hours before yes. the NAMD yes. would arrive. At all, yeah. you see. But they are anything about this one. This, this was filmed all the way through on television TNG. Mm. They were still waiting for the match to restart, yeah. so they were doing with Sean Faces. Did you yeah. see it? I'm mm. right now. Did you? Yeah, so if I could make one point about Fiona Castellan Group Water Scheme. Your time is up, Jerome. On the 6th of October, half past seven, there's a meeting, a very important emergency meeting of that Group Water Scheme, and all members should attend it. My thanks to Jerome Scanlon, Councillor Independent, Carmel Ryan, and Tom Ryan, and also Jason Smith for doing a wonderful job. And an extra special thanks to all the people who went to the Battle of Ringers in Collins in. And an extra, extra, extra special word of thanks to Carmel, that one. Wonderful, wonderful baking lady with those beautiful velvet donuts. They were beautiful. And so how about Polly? Superb. Uh, Polly, no sound from no Polly. No kiss for Tom no tonight. Well, you'll you have, you have to go to bed without his supper. Best wishes to Polly, yes. yes. Well, you know, I, I hope that I, I hope she's yes. well. You know, exactly. that's all that about. We are gone, folks. Good night. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 28th of September 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Carmel Ryan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon joined Pad O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. <music> County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limwick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie.